This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Podcast with Statsman and AJ Rotowire's hockey podcast show, Friends. I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My partner on these pods has been AJ Scholes. He's back again, and you can follow him at AJ Scholes24. We're finally back with our first of our off-season shows. We were going to do a series of the, these. Probably the next one will follow soon after the upcoming amateur draft uh, later this week. But uh, this focus today will be on the NHL award show and the unveiling of the Las Vegas Golden Knights roster that took place on June 21st. Before we go any further, though, I think my co-host has been very anxious to talk on air since his favorite team, the Penguins, won the cup. The floor is yours, my man. Well, yeah, another uh, back-to-back uh, titles, uh, the Penguins uh, putting it all together. Uh, it was a rough one. There were some, definitely some uh, some spots there where I thought uh, I got a little nervous that maybe the Predators would would pull it out. I was surprised uh, to see Pittsburgh get uh, the game game six win. I, I did kind of think Nashville at home would would force a game seven, uh, but in all five of their Stanley Cup championships, they've never clinched on home ice. So it was kind of fitting that they once again lifted the cup. Uh, in front of the the away fans, uh, just kind of a, a weird coincidence there. So uh, I loved every minute of it. It, it was a great time. I'm, I'm glad to be, uh, you know, champions again. But it's it's on to the next one, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, the the Matt Murray era is here. We'll get into that a little bit more later, but uh, it's on to three peat. Well, 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 listen to this guy putting it out already for next year. I'm hoping that my team <laughs> continues their trajectory. The Leafs had a very nice year and uh, things are looking up. In fact, I looked at the Vegas odds for next season. The Leafs are seventh in terms of the favorites to win the cup next year. I think that's a bit of a leap of faith right now and hoping for <laughs> t- Toronto money to come in. But I like the tra- trajectory. I, things have been optimistic in the past, but I think there's a real reason to feel optimistic about what's happened in Toronto. And again, we'll be talking about that uh, during the offseason. There's going to be more developments with all clubs uh, during the offseason. But for today, as we said, we're going to look at the... Uh, awards show and so on but aj i want you to give the usual reminder to our listeners please yeah if you have any of your your off-season questions uh you're deciding you know on keepers uh if you have questions about just hockey in general what is your team going to do this year um you know impact that the the expansion draft had on it uh, any off-season questions you might have feel free to tweet at us as paul mentioned you can follow me at aj shoals 24 and you can follow paul the statsman at statsman 22 all right aj and we're fresh off watching a very glitzy show from uh, las vegas last night and uh, it's it's funny i i was wondering why is sofia vergara in the audience at all uh, i mean i'm a big fan of of her show and uh, her work as a comedian i think she's great and the host turns out to be her husband. I've never heard of this guy before. I don't know about you, but anyway. Well, he's a big Penguins fan. If you didn't catch that in yeah. the show, it was a little, uh, it got to be a little much even for me, I think. But uh, so I've obviously heard of him. Um, but yeah, it uh, it was definitely 
uh, a good show, but yeah, I think that got a little overplayed. <laughs> a little cheesy on the on that aspect. But anyway, uh, we're going to go through uh, the list of the players that were given up to uh, Las Vegas, or rather that they chose. And maybe as we go through these picks, AJ, we'll go back and forth on whether we think it was a good choice or the best choice that they could have made from those rosters. And so I'll lead in with a description of who was picked, and you can chime in with maybe an either or kind of thing and and we'll we'll bat that around for each club uh, before we go on to uh, look at the award winners too in the second segment of the show so let's take a look uh, we'll go in the same order that the play- picks were presented first pick uh, that was announced was Cal Picker the goalie for Colorado he appeared in 50 games last year 15 wins for the lowly avalanche and a 298 goals against average those are pretty res- that's pretty respectable numbers for a team that was really bereft of a team defense concept AJ and I wonder how you feel about that choice vis-a-vis some of the others that could have been taken from Colorado last night my my only real big concern here is that I'm just not sold on Pickard and only because there were I feel like better goalie options out there Uh, I feel like they could have taken uh, somebody else uh, along the way that maybe would have been a better backup or a better um, guy you know Fleury's got three years left he's definitely getting a little bit older uh, so maybe they you know maybe they bring in somebody who's going to be a netminder of the future and, and they still can obviously with the the draft uh but i didn't really expect calvin picard to be uh their go-to guy i thought maybe they'd go uh you know maybe another young prospect here uh, perhaps a uh, mark barbaro you know he's under contract uh in the future he's got a pretty low cap hit at just seven hundred uh, and fifty thousand you know or uh, another forward prospect in in Mikhail Gregorenko I like that pick yeah yeah so there I feel like there are a couple options and so uh to that end I I don't love the pick here only because there I feel like better goalie options out there and maybe a, a different uh you know young prospect they could have taken yeah I didn't mind the goalie pick in this instance Picard is a guy I mean you can't really evaluate the guy because he was on such a terrible team. He's not going to be on a much better team in Las Vegas, but I think the upside is there. He's been around uh, the NHL scene for a couple of years and really regarded as one of the brighter young goalie prospects that's out there, but there might have been other options elsewhere. I'm I'm not too heartbroken about the choice. Good backup situation and a good situation with a mentor in Fleury who should benefit Picard uh, immensely in terms of what he can learn just by being around a solid pro, but there were other defensemen like like Fetter Tutin, Patrick Weirkoch, that could have been other picks that they might have made as well. So really uh, a good pick, but like you said, there were other options out there and maybe they could have gone with another defenseman. It seems like they went heavy on the blue line anyway. We're going to go through a number of defensemen picks that they made. Uh, and then we'll, why don't we talk about the next one? That's Vancouver's Lucas Biza. He's a defenseman, 27 years old. He played in every game last year for Vancouver, put up two goals, 11 assists, and a minus one mark. Uh, I thought that was a decent pick too, based on what Vancouver had available. But uh, maybe you have other other thoughts. No, I definitely think he's the best one that they they could have gotten. You know, there's a couple guys out there that that maybe they could have looked at a, a Brendan Gaunt, perhaps uh, Anton Rodin. Uh, you know, he was a little banged up last year, so there's definitely some guys they could have looked at. But I do think Spisa was the best option uh, i know i saw uh, throughout the week there was a little bit of consternation about who do you take from this vancouver uh, vancouver club they didn't have a lot of good players last year uh, and all the good ones they had they protected so uh it, not a, a ton of great options here so i i do think they made the best choice they had yeah you could talk about some young guys with some experience up front and jason magna and jack skilly but i agree with you and maybe philip larson on the blue line is another guy that they could have chosen but spiza is a guy who's been around for a few years got some experience and uh, and like i said he played every game last year so he proved that he was durable as well so that's something of another factor that that they would have been considering when making this these picks in arizona's uh, case they gave up timo polkinen a forward who played only 13 games at the nhl level but this guy is been a uh, scoring machine in the AHL for a couple of years. I'm looking to see what he might do if he gets a regular shift. He could put up some pretty good numbers over there uh, in uh, in the desert. Yeah, I think this is one of the examples. Uh, I think you'll see throughout what they've put together and, and the trades that they made. They're 
they're trying to put a good product on the ice, but I do think they're more focused on the future. Uh, there are a couple of guys here that I think they could have taken that would have uh, improved the quality of the team on the ice. Uh, uh, Zabinik Michalek, uh, uh, Redeem Vibrata. They could have maybe tried to work something out with Shane Doan. That's still a possibility, of course. Um, but those are all slightly older guys. And so I think this is definitely a case where they're looking to the future. I do like Alexander Vermistrov as another option. Yeah. Uh, but overall, uh, no no qualms about this pick. It's it's building towards the future. Yeah, it is too. And I mean, I, I looked at Burmistrov as a guy who might be a good future option. He had 16 points last year. Young guy with tons of offensive upside. He was a high draft pick too. So the 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 profile him on him see, seems to be a scoring up option. And and really the, beyond a couple of name recognition guys, I think they're a little bit thin offensively. And this guy might have been where I would have turned. Uh, to an offensive choice rather than one of the 14 or 15 defensemen that they did pick up. But uh, when we say that, though, we have to remember that actually they did pick up another forward. But when they when we look at this team and the makeup, they picked up a bunch of defensemen and you know they're going to flip a bunch of them, AJ, for other picks or other other players. Uh, so uh, I guess a final analysis can't yet be made on, on this roster. But I do think Polkin and Burmistrov, he could have made a fl- flipped a coin between the two of them. So they had the same idea with both youngsters, and uh, we'll see how it pans out for them. Uh, next up was the New Jersey Devils. They they surrendered to defenseman John Merrill. Uh, 51 games played, one goal, five assists, minus nine. Those are very modest numbers. I wonder if you identified any other player that the Devils uh, are lucky that they didn't give up. Well, they had plenty of options to choose from on, on the blue line here. I think Dalton Prout would have been a solid choice as well. So uh, Seth Helgeson, uh, all probably real good options that they could have gone with. Uh, I think the player I most gravitated towards when, when looking at this was Jakob Josefsson, uh, 26 year old. Uh, he is a restricted free agent, so you're not getting a guy that's under contract. Um, but I think he could have been a, a good addition to this team. I like what Stefan Nosen can bring to the ice too, another kind of younger guy. Um, but with how they're approaching stocking up on D, especially to trade for the future, I, I don't think it's a bad pick. Uh, I think, as you kind of alluded to, um, you know, a coin, another coin flip situation here if, as far as which blue line guy they could have taken. Well, I'll give you a name up front that I liked, and that's Devontae Smith Pelly. This guy's bounced around a little bit. He was a highly regarded prospect when he came out of the draft a couple of years ago, too. And, and good size, toughness, and a bit of a nose for the net, too, uh, in the. A few opportunities he's had to be a top six player in his career so that's a guy I would have liked to see them take a shot at just because of the makeup that he has and uh, uh, I think to me he stood out as an option rather than Merrill uh, a guy who probably ranks in the lower half of the defensemen that they picked in terms of prospects out there um, Buffalo Sabres were next AJ William Carrier a forward who played 41 games five goals three assists a minus one mark there the, this was the first time we heard of any news about a trade the Vegas Knights get Buffalo's sixth round draft pick to, to take Carrier I think they were protecting themselves against the possible loss of another player here you might be able to identify him yeah, there. I think there were a handful of options. Um, right. I, I actually really like Linus Olmark. I think he could have been a, a good pickup for them as kind of that third, uh, third goaltender that they could probably uh, tend, you know, have in in the AHL for a little bit. But um, again, for for a product on the ice to improve the the team there, I think Matt Molson would have been a good option. Uh, again, he's 33, so getting up there, a pretty big cap hit too at five mil. Um, Zach Bogosian could have been a solid option for them. Uh, Justin Falk, Taylor Fadoon. So there, there were a lot of options here. And so I do think uh, that pick uh, was definitely to steer them towards Carrier. But I, they still get a good player in William Carrier. It's not like some of the other deals we'll talk later where they uh, kind of took a, <laughs> a lesser option uh, they get a good guy, a, a six-round pick. It's it's good business on their part, I think. Yeah, two other names that you didn't mention that I'll throw in are Dmitry Kulikov, a defenseman who was a restricted free agent, I believe, and a big size here, uh, a guy who has some offensive upside, though it really hasn't been come out uh, in, in the NHL, but still 
It looks to me like he has the tools, the physical tools, to be a force in a top four situation somewhere. And then I'll even throw out another goalie in the system as Anders Nilsson. This guy was pretty much their backup guy last year uh, when their starter was down. And and another guy that that could have been an option in the Nets too. So really, uh, the Sabres did protect themselves from losing, I think, a better quality player and steering the, the Knights in this direction uh, a serviceable commodity and carrier but really a guy who looks to be nothing more than a depth forward even over here uh, the Dallas Stars uh, if you would have told me they would have lost Corey, Cody Eakin two years ago I've been more concerned about this pick AJ uh, thinking it was a bigger loss for Dallas but last year he regressed a little bit 60 games played three goals nine assists a minus seven record was it was the best that uh, they could have got out of Dallas I do think it was even, you know, even with last season's struggles factored in there, um, you know, there are uh, some older options in, in right. Patrick Sharp, Yuri Hoodler, uh, although they're both going to be unrestricted free agents. So then you would have to, you know, deal with that situation and trying to sign them ahead of time that could have steered them uh, away from those guys. I think Greg uh, Pattern on the, on the blue line might've been an option as well. Patrick Nemeth. Um, but overall, I think they took the, the best player available. Yeah, they could have gone after the giant. Uh, let me just go in there. Hold on one second. Jamie Oleksiak. Yeah, Jamie Oleksiak, six foot seven. He's a guy that they could have grabbed, and and I think it would have been an interesting pick on the blue line here. I know you wouldn't have picked any of the goalies in in Dallas because <laughs> we were been down on them a little bit. But uh, certainly, if they're looking for a little bit of offense, Eakin is a guy who might make some sense here, just because if he if last year was a blip on the horizon, they might have a a twenty goal score in the middle of the. Uh, uh, offense here that that might fit in so possible pick pick there that would have uh, gone a different way for me uh, Detroit Red Wings up next Thomas Nosek was the pick a forward with 11 goals uh, 11 games one goal and only a minus one in the AHL though this guy showed that he had a bit of an offensive upside in the Grand Rapids factory 41 AHL games uh, 41 points I mean in 51 games played what do you think about this choice this is one I, I'm not as high on um, I do think Nosek will be a solid player for them. He, he's shown some some flash in the AHL, but uh, I actually really prefer Riley Sheehan. Uh, I think he can be a solid uh, player for them for or could have been a solid player for them for a while. Just 13 points this last season, three of them on the power play. Uh, a big concern with Sheehan is the plus minus. He was a minus 29, pretty sizable uh, knock there. But I think overall, I think he can be a solid player. Uh, player for for the wings into the future um and i actually would have uh, could have seen them taking jared corio here uh, he's a, a solid netminder i think he's probably going to end up being their backup this year i don't think they really want to deal with the peter morazic headache uh, after they said you know his bad attitude led to him being exposed then yeah. vegas doesn't take him i can only imagine what his attitude's going to look like now <laughs> uh so Look for him to be on the trade block. True enough, but uh, that's a problem for for them right now. Uh, uh, Something that came out of nowhere. I didn't really hear too much about that at all all season long. And this guy looked to be the goalie of the future, but boy, his star is definitely in decline. And Coro Coreo looks like he's uh, overtaken him. And I, like you, think this would have been the way to go in the Detroit situation. But you never know. Uh, The guys that have come out of their Grand Rapids system that have got a good look down there and been as productive as Nosek. They've gone on to some good things at the NHL level. So maybe if he gets a shot at the NHL, he will uh, validate the the scoring that he did uh, down there in the A. Florida, this is a team that really got hurt in the draft last night, maybe more than any other team, AJ. Not only did they lose Jonathan Marchessault, a guy that we both were high on all, all year long, he's the top point getter of any pick that was surrendered to uh, to las vegas last night last night 75 games played 30 goals 21 assists a minus 21 which is a bit alarming and it won't get much better in the desert i don't think but then not only that but then they gave up riley smith uh for a fourth round pick in 2018 so uh they get two players out of florida and two pretty good ones i think aj yeah i was surprised about the riley smith deal um, obviously March assault, I, I don't see these two as related because I would have thought the Panthers were trying to prevent them from taking March assault. So I think the trade might just be 
kind of on the side, a, a standard, uh, you know, fourth round pick for, for Riley Smith, which I think is a little low. I think yeah. Vegas could have been convinced with how many picks they stacked up to part with maybe a third round or a second round. Uh, so this is definitely, uh, the bread and butter. I think of the Vegas lineup is right here, especially at the forward spot. Uh, Jonathan March assault is, uh, still, uh, less than a million dollars, uh, for the cap hit. So they're getting him for a steal. They're going to have to pay him eventually, but they'll have plenty of room, I think, to do that. And so I think they really, really decimated Florida here. Uh, one player that whose name I, I heard tossed around a little bit was Yarmir Yager, just from the standpoint <laughs> of putting butts in the seats. I, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. They're, they're sold out as far as season tickets go. Um, but all the hype, if they had brought in Yager, I think would have been a, a real a real draw, but I, I don't think they're going to have any problems, uh, you know, filling the stands. So they go with the the smart hockey pick with March Assault. I wonder if they would have had a camera on him, following him around town. If if uh, Yager was in, <laughs> that would have been interesting to see the the Yager cam in Las Vegas. So, but I like I like what they got out of out of uh, Florida. The the biggest haul that uh, they took from any team, and and really didn't cost them much at all. A fourth rounder for in some for the two of those guys uh, both of them could be 20 goal scorers in this lineup so really solid moves to out of florida that's going to take a bite out of the panthers going the next season uh, i really like the pick that they got out of los angeles too. Braden mcnab a guy who figures to be a top four defenseman here he played extended stretches in uh, in key roles for los angeles over the last couple of years got a big shot good size he only produced four points in 49 games with a plus one record but i think there's a tremendous upside here in, in mcnab i really like this choice yeah this is another one where they hit the nail on the head with this um there are certainly uh you know players that could have gone uh you look at you know maybe they try and uh you know retool marion gabrick's career after a tough year uh dustin brown would have been a decent option as well but both those guys are in their 30s they're both uh expensive as far as cap hit goes uh and so i think Braden mcnab was the perfect choice here i don't expect him to be one of the defensemen they trade i think he's in uh with vegas for the long haul uh, a 26 year old uh, should be a, a solid uh, shutdown guy for them that i think you're right paul i think he can add some offense on top of that be a real two-way uh, player for them i mean other players aj that could have been in the mix were kyle, kyle clifford jordan nolan up front or maybe even a, a backup goalie and jeff zatkoff somebody you know a little bit about uh, from the pittsburgh experience so there were some options here but i think uh, we agree that they hit the home run uh, as best they could uh, with the los angeles choice up next we go to carolina and this one was a little bit off the board for me connor brickley a forward who uh, played in the ahl exclusively last year 69 games played 26 points scored a plus eight record uh there was a fifth fifth round pick uh, in the 2017 draft coming up later this week that goes to vegas to steer them away from other players in carolina's uh, mix who might they have uh, protected with that choice well, for me, I don't think the, that fifth round pick would would have been enough to to steer me away from Klaus Dahlbeck, uh, 25 years old, 850,000 for the cap hit. He's a solid blue liner. Now I know they were s- stacking up on on defensemen, and, and maybe that just it came down to numbers, um, and they just couldn't fit him in. But I I like him here. You know, I heard Lee Stebniak's name tossed out there as well. Again, he's 34. You know, this is a team that's not really in the market to win now i i think they probably could have put a team together with some veteran guys that maybe would have made the postseason um, but that's not really what you want to do when you're building an expansion franchise you have to look beyond the f- next year um, and so i i don't i don't think connor brickley is a bad choice but for me i think klaus dahlbeck would have been the better option and not really worth uh, that fifth round pick yeah and another guy that i had my eye on here is matt tennyson a guy with some good size he he is a capable defenseman and you know they have a lot of defensemen in the mix we'll see how it winds up but he's just another guy that could have been thrown into that mix and maybe would have been uh, an attractive piece elsewhere around the league because it seems like there's going to be a run on defensemen and trades this this year so uh, another one that they could have looked at over here i'm thinking uh aj up next then we got after carolina we're going to go to winnipeg and they gave up a guy who brings a lot of toughness to the table the first of a couple of guys that we see in this regard to uh 
bring some physicality. He'll be a popular guy in in uh, Vegas, I think. He was among the league leaders in hits uh, throughout his career in Winnipeg and longtime Jet player. He's not an offensive guy at all. Three goals, one assist in 64 games, a minus seven. This was another one that resulted in a big trade uh, piece going the other way. Uh, a first-round pick via Columbus goes to Winnipeg for the 2017 first-round pick for, from Vegas and a 2019 third-rounder. Yeah, they paid a big price basically to keep Toby Enstrom uh, from being chosen. I, I found it interesting that the Jets convinced Enstrom to waive the, the no-movement clause but then shell out to prevent him from being taken. It's kind of interesting. I, I think maybe they were just trying to give themselves some options and flexibility. Um, Sean Mathias is another guy that I think factors into this as well. He probably could have been on Vegas's radar, uh, you know, and as a result of this trade, they, they directed him another way. Um, I, I don't love the pick. I, I think there's some better options, um, but taking, you know, into account what they're going to get in the draft, I think certainly compensates for, for what they passed on. Yeah, one of the guys I might have looked at is goalie Michael Hutchison. This guy had a couple of good stretches in Winnipeg and might have been a guy that you would have uh, elevated in the pecking order based on the three that they did pick up eventually. So uh, a goalie might have been another another factor here for me. Uh, next up, we got to go to Winnipeg, Philadelphia, a guy whose stock uh, really plummeted in the last couple of years in Philadelphia. Pierre Edward Belmar was the pick. 82 games played last year, really a fringe player for them. Four goals, four assists, and minus one. Yeah, I, I, I do think this was a decent option out of out of what was available there. Uh, obviously, Jordan Wheel would have been. I think the the best choice, but they had him in. They couldn't really come to an agreement as far as contract, and I think they probably just didn't want to risk it that they would, you know, take Wheel. Wheel doesn't sign with them, and then a few days later, he goes and you know signs back with the Flyers, who seem to be the leading candidate for him. Uh, and so I I do think it's probably the best option here. Um, you know, you look at the the rest of their blue line. There's not really a ton of guys. Maybe a Michael Delzato, they could have gotten. Um, but I do think he's probably the best the best choice. I'm going to disagree with you here. The first time we get a bit of a disagreement, I think they had a whole mitt full of options in Philadelphia. Mike Raffle is a guy that I had my eye on here. He played top six minutes in stretches with the club uh, last season and showed well. Uh, one of a couple of guys, and Andrew, Andy McDonald's another guy, a serviceable defenseman. Uh, Michael Dozato, I'm not going to say too much more about him because he, he's a guy who's let me down in the past, but I thought I'd bring his name up just because he was available here a guy who's bounced around the league a little bit and thrived in some situations but Matt Reed is another guy that I liked here to AJ another guy who has had top six minutes in stretches so those two offensive pieces were were players that I thought might be uh, movable here and uh, Neuwirth and that's another guy that that might have I might have taken a look at too uh, who was excelled in stretches as well so uh, I, I think they they went down the board on this roster a little too too far to get Belmere when there were better options for sure up next uh, a guy with a booming shot uh, from Tampa Jason Garrison who had a really subpar season last year two years ago he was in double digits in goals scored but last year only one goal and eight assists a minus eight record in 70 games played there was also a trade here where the they got uh, Nikita Gusev and a seven, 2017 second rounder and a 2018 fourth rounder it's clear that Tampa was protecting themselves here AJ yeah absolutely and I think a, a couple guys that they probably didn't want uh, to lose were an Andre Schuster uh, Jake Dotchin, who I think is going to yeah. be a solid uh, solid player for quite a while for them and even Slater Cuckoo I think he uh, will provide them some solid uh, defense as well. Uh, the forwards, there were definitely options there. Cedric pa uh, Paquette could have added to that physicality that you've seen them kind of take a JT Brown, Eric Condra. But um, obviously for the haul they got, you know, take whoever Tampa wants you to take if they're going to give up you know, a, a nice prospect and, and some decent draft picks. And then another goalie that could have been in, involved is Peter Budai. We saw what he did last year taking over in Los Angeles when their starting goalie, Jonathan Quick, was down for a large stretch. Budai had a great season for them, and I'm sure they didn't want to lose the insurance and the nets there if they could protect it because it's going to be in a state of flux with Vasilevsky taking the reins this year. We'll see what he's got, but Budai, a nice guy to have in reserve over there in Tampa. 
Up next, then, we go to the New York Islanders, J.F. Berube, a guy who was in the press box in uh, New York Islanders uh, goalie mix for most of the last couple of years, finally looks like he's going to get a chance to play a little bit as a backup to, uh, to Fleury. Uh, 14 games played last year, uh, 342 goals against average, but there were other factors involved in this uh, situation that may be steering the Knights away from other players. They, they had to take on Mikhail Grabowski's dead money in a contract situated dump. And then they also got Jake Bischoff, a 2017 first rounder and a 2019 second rounder. So what are the Islanders hiding? Well, they're hiding Barub. I think that's really the, the problem. They wanted to get rid of him, too. Uh, there've been kind of a back and forth. I don't expect him to be the backup. I think he's going to end up uh, staying in the AHL. And so I think they... They said, hey, can you take this bad contract? Can you take Barub <laughs> off our hands to solve that problem? Um, you know, Jake Bischoff, the, the young prospect they got, uh, he's, you know, coming off. Uh, he was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, and so I think, you know, and that, that's kind of a, a while ago, but, you know, he, he adds some, some viable options. Uh, there seem to be a lot of Minnesota Gophers that, uh, that George McPhee, really likes i don't know if he has any ties to that program but bischoff is another one uh there are definitely if you look through uh, definitely a lot of college players a lot of uh, minnesota gophers that they ended up taking so uh, i expect rube will be stashed away in the ahl um they you know could certainly just let him go outright i i don't see him really factoring into their future i think this is more about the hall with the picks um they get a, a the 15th selection this year so that's uh, definitely going to benefit them as well. So uh, I think there's some options that they could have taken, uh, but you know they're they're again looking to the future and kind of stacking uh, you know some picks up. Yeah, some of the names that the Islanders protected definitely here were Josh Bailey, uh, Brock Nelson, Shane Prince. These are all and Ryan Strom. These are all guys that have played in their top three lines, maybe even higher. And then on defense, Calvin DeHaan, another guy, and Thomas Hickey, another guy with a booming shot. So there were about five or six players that were really probably better choices here on the island but you can see that they steered Vegas into a, a nondescript pick in Barube who will be a depth goalie maybe suiting up in the press box and enjoying the nightlife without too much stress if he gets up there in a certain similar circumstance that he had with the Islanders but I like you think he's going to be a stash in the minors and uh uh, really what might have been here might have been better served to go in another direction uh we'll see what that first round pick develops into though but it's it's notable because they've got three choices in the first 15 picks in the upcoming draft aj so this is one of them and we'll see what the knights parlay that into up next maybe the signature player offensively that they uh, they got last night was james neal forward from the nashville predators 70 goal games played 23 goals 18 assists and a minus 10 record this guy is a pure sniper and uh, should be featured on billboards in any ads that they do in las vegas as one of the two really signature players that they did pick up both of them with ties to the pittsburgh penguins so i'll let you say a little bit about neal <laughs> and maybe what uh, might have been in terms of the nashville uh, situation yeah, there's no arguing that Neal's the the top offensive choice for them. Uh, a great a great player. Uh, he'll definitely help them. The the concern for Coach Gerard Gallant is going to be uh, keeping him out of the sin bin. It's something he's gotten better at this year. He did um, didn't ha take as many dumb penalties this last season as he has before. Um, but that was always a, an issue with him. So if they can you know keep him uh, under wraps in in that sense, he'll he'll add a lot to them. Options that they could have could have gone with, I, I think, would have been players maybe packaged up in a trade. Um, so if if Nashville had given up something as far as prospects, they could have probably steered them easily towards maybe Colin Wilson, Colton Sissons, uh, maybe even a Pontus Aberg are, are all guys that they maybe could have steered them to using some some draft choices. But it looks like they didn't want to give up, you know, whatever uh, the Knights were demanding. And so they went with James Neal, who I think, as you said, will be on a lot of billboards when we're out in Vegas. Yeah. And you know what else about Neal? He's on the last year of a contract next year. And maybe by, at the trade deadline, he'll be a very uh, marketable commodity as uh, a sniper that could help teams that are going into that playoff push. So the, the impact of him going to Vegas might be best felt 
later next season to see what he might fetch in terms of another uh, sale uh, where where Vegas has unique a unique circumstance. They've got a real good asset here, and they could create quite a bidding war for his services. Another pick or two, maybe a young prospect coming their way. So uh, when the smoke clears, the James Neal pick may may be marketable in the short term, but certainly another one that's marketable in the long term for wholly different reasons. Calgary Flames were up next, and they gave up another tough guy in Derek Englund. This guy is going to protect some of the speedy little players in, in the lineup in Las Vegas. A defenseman who played all 81 of 82 games, four goals, 12 assists, a plus two rating. So pretty serviceable on that back end. Maybe a second or third pairing guy uh, that will suit up for, for the Knights this season. Maybe the best pick they could have got out of Calgary, but do you disagree? I do think it's the best choice. Uh, I think there's some off-ice considerations here. Uh, They mentioned during the broadcast last night that he played for the Vegas ECHL team. And so, you know, you're going to get some fan hype around that. He lives in Vegas. Uh, And so I think you're getting a guy that's going to be one of the faces of the franchise just because of his ties to the city. So there's definitely some off-ice considerations there. Uh, The only other player that that I really liked that I thought they could have gone after was Alec Chason. Uh, the the winger he had 24 points this last year only two on the power play so that's a role that he you know didn't do a ton with uh, this season actually his power play numbers have steadily dropped um, Calgary just didn't use him in that role that much um, but I think he could have fit in well there but I, I definitely wouldn't begrudge them the the Derek Anglin pick yeah I mean you could have flipped a coin between him and Michael Stone that's the other guy that I was looking at in this lineup they both profile the same way big strong guys a lot of physicality in, in both their games but maybe a little more toughness in the guy that they did pick so uh, I, I can't argue with the choice but Stone would have been probably a 1B over there for me uh, if we go down to the next pick, it's the Maple Leafs surrendering Brendan Leipzig. This, you know, the draft from the Leafs perspective couldn't have happened in a better year. They protected a lot of young players just because they were in the first or second years of their young careers and they were not eligible to even be selected. So they were really in, well insulated. They lose Brendan Leipzig, a forward who, who excelled in the AHL, 51 points in 49 games with a plus four rating. Smallish in size, one of the guys that will need some protection. But boy, this guy has good hands and can fly. Not a bad pick. I think he could be a popular choice as a depth forward for uh, the Knights and could be a very interesting guy on the third line situation. Yeah, and this is one where I think there are some some players on on the blue line who could have been under consideration. Uh, Rome Polek, uh, Alexei Marchenko, I think both could have been options. But based on what they got from other teams on defense, uh, they had to meet certain requirements as far as forwards. And so I do think they got the best option. But as you mentioned, uh, a great, great year for Toronto uh, to have this this draft. Absolutely. So we don't feel the pain too, too much. Uh, A team that might feel the pain a little bit is the Boston Bruins. They lost Colin Miller, a defenseman who uh, won the fastest skater and hardest shot at the AHL All-Star Game. So you rarely see that. Uh, daily double in uh, in uh, games played with the Bruins 61 games played six goals seven assists I have a friend who uh, is a big Boston fan AJ and he says this is a really good player who should be a top four defenseman somewhere in the NHL and there's really a lot of rumors around him and maybe the Maple Leafs taking a a shot at grabbing him uh, through Vegas uh, for a couple other players that have been bandied about nothing's come to pass but we'll keep an eye on this one and other trade situations in the next few days the Vegas Knights have really positioned themselves well this is one defenseman who if he plays will definitely be a top pairing or maybe a second pairing in Las Vegas but certainly profiles as a second or third pairing guy on a contending team as well yeah absolutely a great choice by them uh, I think an argument could be made for Jimmy Hayes or, or Matt yeah. Bolesky yeah um, but I, again this is one where it sounds like they might flip him right away add some more um, you know prospects and or picks uh, into the future and so I, I think they got their the right guy at least for the time being uh, whether they keep them or not we'll we'll see but you know again Hayes and, and Bolesky would have been solid picks too but but Colin Miller I think is the right choice yeah, McQuaid, you could have made a case for him too, but they've also got a, already got a couple other guys who fit the profile of a physical defenseman with uh, 
big presence. So that would have been a third guy in the mix. So maybe they they steered away from him to go with a guy like Miller, who I don't think is going to wind up playing in Las Vegas at all. I think he's going to be moved very, very soon. Uh, up next, the Ottawa Senators. This was a big loss for them. Mark Mathot, you look at the numbers, they don't tell the whole story here. Zero, no goals, 12 assists, plus 13. He played with a, a young guy who was the captain of the Senators last year as a regular shift, though. He was Eric Carlson's regular partner. And you can see when this pick was made, uh, Carlson was was there videoing the the, the selection. Uh, I think he's going to be sad to see his defense mate go and uh, a big loss for the Ottawa Senators, I think. And I also think this is another guy who's going to be moved to another team for other assets. At uh, 32 years old, I don't think he profiles as a guy who is a long-term stay in Las Vegas. I would agree. I think moving him makes makes a lot of sense for them. But uh, if they don't, they, they get a fantastic player in Mark Mathod. Uh, he is able to shut down the, the top talents in the league. Uh, and so I think that's why they'll probably get pretty good value uh, trading him away. But certainly uh, keeping him looks pretty nice, too. As far as other options, I, I do think they got the best guy available. Um, but, you know, Bobby Ryan uh, could have been a, a good choice. Victor Stahlberg, I think, again. But those are also guys that are, uh, you know, up in their 30s. And so I think they got the, the, the best option. Yeah, you know, this one, I would have liked to have seen them pick Bobby Ryan because this is another situation where you're looking at a guy who was second pick in the 2005 draft behind some guy that you uh, become a pretty good fan of. Uh, <laughs> but Bobby Ryan, uh, he had a bit of a subpar uh, regular season, but turned it on in the playoffs to show that he's still a, a sniper of some quality. Could have been uh, maybe 1B to James Neal, I think, in, in the pecking order of the offense here and a guy that they could have turned around and traded at some point down the road once they showcased him a little bit all season long so uh method good pick on the defense but maybe ryan might have been equally as good up front so uh i mean we know they went heavy on the blue line but this is another signature player that they could have had in the offense and uh, could have could have parlayed him into something more i think so i might have gone in that direction san jose sharks uh, gave up another defenseman david schlemko 62 games played two goals 16 assists a plus four record over here yeah, I kind of thought maybe Aaron Dell would be in conversation here. Uh, he filled in really well whenever uh, called upon as, as a backup. Um, but, you know, they obviously didn't feel too worried about stacking up uh, some goalies. I, I kind of thought maybe they'd take four um, guys just to give them some added uh, cushion with, you know, with their minor league team. Uh, but uh, I, I do think Schlemko will be a good, good player for them. I, I like Joel Ward. I think he could have been an option, but again, that's another guy uh, getting up there. He's 36, yeah. so you don't know how much longer he's going to play. Uh, I think Michael Boddicker probably would have been their best choice here. Uh, he, you know, put up 26 points last year. Again, another guy that doesn't really get a whole lot of power play uh, contributions, just one uh, assist with the man advantage, but does fill that role. Uh, on I, I believe the Sharks' second uh, power play unit there, so I think he could have added some value to them. He played 81 games last year, so he's been a pretty durable guy. I think I would have liked to see them go with him, or like I said, Aaron Dell. Um, but you know, there's there's again Schlemko as their stockpiling defenseman. He might be one that they keep and play uh, on you know on maybe a third, maybe a second pairing, so that they could trade a Mark Mathot or, or some or Colin Miller. You know what? I agree with you, your assessment on the San Jose situation. Uh, let's jump to St. Louis. David Perron is another great pickup, I think. Another guy who figures to be a first-line player here. He played all 82 games the Blues. He played some first-line minutes there over the last couple of years. 18 goals, 28 assists. One of the very most productive players they have in this offensive mix. I think he'll be featured very heavily and prominently and uh, should thrive with all those offensive opportunities. I, I think a wise pickup by the Knights in this case. Absolutely. It, you could see them having gone with Jory Letera, Dimitri Jaskin, but I think Param was the best choice. Another uh, premier goal scorer. I'm, I'm envisioning a, a James Neal, uh, David Perron top line. Those two guys could mm -hmm. both be on the wings there. I think that makes uh, a pretty dangerous top line combo that, that could hopefully 
steal them a game or two here. Yeah, you wonder who's going to get the plum assignment to be the first line center there. Maybe the guy from Dallas, Cody Eakin, uh, revives his, re- revives himself and has a bounce back season. Yeah, the New York Rangers put up a, a speedster into the Vegas lineup. That's Oscar Lindbergh, forward, who played 62 games, 65 games for the Rangers, eight goals, 12 assists, and a plus two record. He is a guy with some offensive upside, might figure in as a second line center. I think it's a pretty good pickup for the Knights here. I do like it. I, I find it interesting that uh, a lot of people had Anti Ranta as like the foregone conclusion. Yeah. Uh, you know, much like Marc Andre Fleury, everybody thought Ranta was going to go. Um, but, you know, Oscar Lindbergh with his speed, maybe he's the guy that goes on that top that top line. He's certainly capable of it. I, I think Jasper Fast would have been another option that uh, they could have taken from this team. Uh, maybe even Matt Pumple. Uh, but overall, I, I think Oscar Lindbergh. Uh, will add some some dynamic speed to their lineup. And what about the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, the enigma that is Griffin Reinhardt comes from a very strong family pedigree. His father, Paul, a star in the NHL for 10 seasons with an offensive upside as a blue line and uh, other brothers of his, uh, Sam Reinhardt, is in the NHL. Uh, he's a defenseman who played in the AHL after being drafted in the first round. 54 games played, 7 goals, 14 assists. A plus eight. He's never really put it together at the NHL level. This might be his last and best opportunity, and maybe a guy that gets showcased, uh, give him every chance to to fulfill the potential that's been untapped. Yeah, I think they missed the mark here in in not taking uh, Bennett Pouliot. I think he would have been uh, the best uh, player that they could have put on on that line. Now, he did have a pretty down year with just 14 points. Um, but you look at prior seasons, he had three consecutive 30 plus point seasons prior to that. And so I think that would have been the player I would have targeted here. Uh, he only played 67 games, so that certainly could have factored into a low point total. Plus, with all of Edmonton's young talent, he definitely got pushed down the lineup a little bit. I, I think he's a player that could have used a move to, to Las Vegas to kind of uh, reinvigorate the career and, and could have put up really solid numbers for, for the upcoming season. A fine assessment there. AJ, the next one is a bit of a head-scratcher for me. The Canadians giving up Alexi Emlin. This guy played with uh, Shea Weber much of the season last season and and 72 games played two goals eight assists plus one doesn't tell the story a very physical guy a really solid presence on the Canadians blue line I think they're going to be missing him they they now need a couple of defensemen badly in the Montreal circumstance and uh, I think he's easily a top four guy in the Las Vegas situation I'm I'm really surprised that Montreal didn't protect this choice I would agree. I, I think, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk that it would be either him or Brandon Davidson, who's a little bit younger, um, doesn't have quite the offensive upside, just three assists this last season. And so I think they get a good choice here. I've also heard that Emelin could be one that they, they shop around as well um, to see, you know, he would really add to uh, a team trying to, to catch up and to contend this season. Uh, you know, they left Thomas Placanic out there, his $6 million cap hit is probably what scared uh, Vegas away. Plus, you know, he's 34. Uh, but there's there's decent. Uh, Alexander Radulov was another player I thought maybe they would look at, but he's an unrestricted free yeah, agent. Contract. So, again, you don't want to use your pick and then and then lose a guy. Um, but overall, uh, I do think Emelin can be, as you said, a, a top uh, top defenseman for them if they decide to keep him. The only other pick there that I would have considered is Charles Houdon, a forward smallish in size they list at 510 about 170 pounds i don't think he's quite that big but really good hands and a dynamic player uh, showed well in glimpses with the canadians over the last couple of years i'm pretty prob- thinking they're probably pretty happy they didn't lose him obviously the french pedigree too is a big deal in montreal it's something that uh, they lean on a lot in those circumstances so but a big loss here maybe one of the biggest ones on the board Anaheim's another team that it was uh, bit quite badly. They lost a couple of defensemen, uh, one via trade in Shea Theodore, and then Clayton Stoner, uh, another guy who played 14 games, one goal, two assists. Uh, Theodore, 34 games played, two goals, seven assists, and minus six. Both these guys were kind of depth defensemen, but there was a lot of chatter about other defensemen like Josh Manson that could have been uh, selected if they didn't make these moves. Yeah, I'm not sure that giving up both Stoner and Theodore is worth you know, protecting one guy, be it Vatnin or, uh, or as you mentioned, Josh Manson, who's a, a young player that they're really high on. Uh, I just, I'm not sure that you've really, uh, 
that they've made the right choice here in, in making that trade to give up Theodore in order to direct Vegas to take Stoner. Uh, I think they would have been better off just letting them take Botnin or Manson. I, I think uh, George McPhee pulled the wool over their eyes in this one. I think he got them to panic about losing players that they like, and they gave up too much. Yeah, that giving up two of them without getting anything in return, even a late, late draft pick. Uh, for the second defenseman that was kind of tough uh, I think they did get hoodwinked a little bit here panic mode might be a way to describe it and an Anaheim situation they still may have a little bit of trouble feeding, fitting all these guys into their roster under the salary cap so maybe the moves aren't done yet in uh, in uh southern california there minnesota was up next eric halla a forward who has played top nine minutes for 72 games played 15 goals 11 assists another good offensive piece probably factors in as a second line player in the las vegas lineup a trade here also took place where they also got alex took uh who played in the ahl 57 games played 18 goals 19 assists plus 10 record uh, for uh, in exchange for a third pick this is going the other way uh, to uh, minnesota in uh, 2018 or 2019 this was a much better deal i think for both sides uh, unlike the anaheim pick where they kind of uh, ran away with nothing you know minnesota does get that third round pick uh, they lose Tuke certainly and, and hollow was a contributor but the obvious prize that Vegas would have taken otherwise would have been Matthew Dumba. Right. He had 11 goals, 23 assists, 12 of those on the power play, a plus 15 rating, uh, just a solid young prospect. His minutes were up over 20 this uh, this season, so he's definitely going to continue to add to their blue line. And so I think in this case, Minnesota uh, did a good job. You know, the Golden Knights get some solid players. I think this was a much more even trade than what we saw with Anaheim, and I think both uh, sides come out uh, looking well. Yeah, good assessment there. Columbus up next. We get into the last four clubs. William Carlson, a guy who played more minutes in the shorthanded situation at forward than anybody in the league, uh, only tells a bit of his story. 81 games played, six goals, 19 assists, a plus 10. Pretty solid guy. Uh, factors probably in as a third-line player and looks after some of the P- PK situations there. They also picked up uh, David Clarkson's onerous contract that's going to go on LTIR probably uh, once the season starts. And they picked up a 2017 first-round pick and a 2019 second-round pick. So uh, I think most of that was to get Carlson's contract off the books for Columbus and uh, they paid a heavy price to do so and uh, Carlson pretty serviceable player so they uh, they got rid of a headache but uh, they got gave up a lot of assets too yeah I I like what Carlson's going to give them on on the PK for for Vegas I think he'll really uh, help them there and help uh, kind of set the tone I think for their their uh, shorthanded situations uh, for Vegas's standpoint, I, I think they did a good job here in the player they got and, and t- getting the draft picks to take on David Clarkson's contract. Uh, without the side deal, players that maybe they could have targeted, I've always been really high on Jack Johnson. I think he's a solid shutdown uh, defenseman. I think he could have done well for them. Uh, Jonas Corposalo, as far as uh, you know, young netminders that they could have taken. But overall, I think they did a good job picking up a solid uh, penalty killer and then getting some some trade uh, some draft prospects. And then up next, Chicago Blackhawks. You know they paid for they're paying now for all the successes that they've had with the three recent Stanley Cup wins. They gave up a Trevor Van Riemsdyk. This was the first trade that I heard from an NHL executive weeks before this this draft actually took place uh there there's a trade uh, impact here that that hasn't been announced yet it's going to be marcus kruger going to columbus as well uh but uh, that hasn't been finalized for some reason but in trevor van Riemsdyk, they get a guy who played 58 games five goals 11 assists a plus 17 very serviceable defenseman probably fa- easily factors into the top four in las vegas but they they uh, surrendered him uh, and in in order to protect other dra- assets and Kruger is one other guy that they sacrificed here in in the Hawks circumstance yeah I do think uh the the news about uh, Marion Hosa could affect that trade uh he's going to miss the season and so they're going to put him on long-term IR uh almost certainly which could actually give him cap relief maybe they won't uh try and ship out Kruger uh, so that that could play a, a factor in here, but I do think ultimately, I think Paul, you're right. I think Marcus Kruger will get 
sent out his, you know, $3 million hit is, is a little pricey, especially for a team that's such so hard up against the cap, like the Blackhawks are, uh, there's really not anybody else who is exposed that, that you would have uh, seen them take over uh, TVR. And so I think it was uh, pretty much a foregone conclusion. And then we come to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, was no surprise. Mark Andre Fleury revealed that he knew that this was going to happen, a month, uh, maybe a month ago even. So he kept uh, the professional approach. It makes what he did in the playoffs even more remarkable. AJ, when he gets credit for nine of the sixteen wins that the Penguins earned in the playoffs, backstopping them when uh, Murray was down. But he goes the other way, and uh, they also get a 2020 second-round pick out of Pittsburgh, if I read this right. And uh, why did they have to surrender that pick? What, what's the deal? Did they protect some players here in Pittsburgh? Well, I think it's it's one of those kind of panic uh, moves when you when you saw the number of goaltenders, uh, you know, elite level guys that were available. Uh, you've got Ranta and Grubauer, who are both, uh, you know, considered uh, top uh, options for the future. Roberto Luongo was out there as well. Uh, so I think with the number of names available, I think Pittsburgh was just a little concerned that maybe they would go uh, a different direction. I know they, they're high on Trevor Daly and Ian Cole. Uh, defensively, you know, and then you've also got Brian Rust is a player that maybe could have uh, been taken as well. Uh, Carl Hagelin, although I, I actually think they would have benefited by getting rid of Hagelin's $4 million cap hit. So I don't think that would have been the worst. Uh, so they, they give up, you know, that extra pick just to make sure that Flurry's the one they take. Um, and what they're, you know, what Vegas is getting is the face of their franchise. Uh, Flurry's going to be on all their promotional materials, uh, I would imagine. He, you know, everything we heard about his consummate, uh, being a consummate teammate, uh, he's the best player, I think, to build a franchise around. It's what Pittsburgh started doing in 2003 when they selected him first overall, and it's what Vegas is going to do here. I think it's a good call, solid move on and off the ice. And to wind up their roster, they went to the Capitals, they picked up Nate Schmidt, yet another defenseman who played top uh, top minutes for them at times when they were inju- there were injuries serviceable guy i've been saying that a lot and that's really what uh, what this club was looking for all the way up and down the lineup people that they can either fit into their lineup or move somewhere else schmidt fits the profile in both senses 60 games played three goals six 14 assists a plus 22 best plus minus rating among the guys they picked up but a lot to, a lot of that had to do with the fact that the caps were the best team in the regular season yeah, and I I've, I found this uh, this whole situation very interesting. It it seemed like a little bit of a, a chess game between these two uh, GMs here. They the Capitals didn't protect any of their unrestricted free agents, uh, and so you know they could have tried to take a, a TJ Oshie, a Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, both guys were available. Carl Alsner also available, but not under contract. And so they would have had to agree to something ahead of time with those guys. There was a short window to do it. And all three of those guys are going to be looking for, you know, pretty sizable paydays as they have been uh, getting. And so I I think it was a good move uh, by, by Washington to leave those guys available, protect some other guys who are under contract. Uh, And then Nate Schmidt, I think is the best option uh, for them. You know, as I mentioned, those other guys are, are solid, but, uh, they're, they're unrestricted free agents and you don't want to take a guy and just lose them. Maybe Jay Beagle could have been a, a player to look at, but I think Nate Schmidt is, is the best one for him. Well, here, here's where I'm going to say, throw another name out and that's Philip Grubauer. I, I was hearing a lot of speculation all season long that this guy might be a guy that the Vegas Knights would, would be interested in as a backup goalie situation at, at worst, uh, put up some great numbers. Uh, they didn't miss a beat when Holtby was out of the lineup here. The numbers were right in line with what, what their starter did. So that was credit to Grubauer. Uh, and and uh, really, I think the Caps are lucky they dodged a bullet here, in my opinion. So that's the way the, the roster shakes down for now, but we expect that there'll be lots of changes. Before we continue with our show here, we want to also give thanks to our sponsors at FanDuel with a reminder that baseball fans, the wait's over. Baseball is clearly back and in high gear we do uh, podcasts every day monday to friday profiling the best picks you can make in FanDuel play and we hope you tune in i handle the wednesday responsibility with john mckechnie who's been on fire all season long with his picks so we put together a pretty good show every wednesday but there are great shows monday to friday there uh fantasy baseball is available for everyday fans there's new contests starting every single day no busted seasons just pick a contest choose your team and compete against other fans new this year 
there's an upgraded experience where, with late swap contest. You can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games. There's no more wor- worrying about late lineup scratches or a sudden storm that's really pooched me in the past. Le- no, no late, uh, non-late swap contests are still available too. There's updated scoring where you get credit for quality starts for your starting pitcher. It's really important you get that right for sure. There's a friends mode. Create leagues for your friends. Choose the days you play each week. Contests will be created automatically. Plus, there's a leaderboard, which will keep track of how you all stack up against each other. AJ, you took a hit this week because you didn't even put a lineup in. And I had a good night. I was just outside the money. So I'm round, my game's rounding into shape. I'm now happy that we have a line on some players all season long. And that's really helped me with my picks. How's it going for you? Well, I got distracted by the... Uh... <laughs> The NHL expansion draft and <laughs> just let that one go. Uh, you know, make sure to our listeners out there, make sure you get those lineups set. Don't be like me, uh, especially when you're pre-entered into a contest. It's it's a easy easy way to lose some money. So <laughs> try and avoid that as much as you can. Uh, yeah, just uh, everything going on with the, the leaks earlier in the day about players that might be coming out uh, just completely slipped my mind. And so I, I, I let you take the lead on this one and let you get ahead. But, uh, you know, as, as you said, those podcasts are available Monday through Friday. Uh, I definitely check out the Wednesday one with Paul uh, before putting together my lineup. Maybe that's why I've had a leg up on you in a couple of weeks. I, I know what your lineup's already going to look like. That's it. Too many. No secrets here. And we remind <laughs> our, our listeners, have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. At FanDuel, you can be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. There's a special offer for new users. Deposit today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries. That's up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. AJ, we've gone a little bit longer in this first segment, so I want to kind of race through the award picks and maybe see if you agree or disagree with the selections. Uh, we, we remind our listeners, though, don't forget to check out those baseball pods Monday to Friday, as I said, uh, on, uh, to get the best FanDuel plays of the day. But on to the NHL awards. The most outstanding player voted by the players, Connor McDavid, won out over Sidney Crosby and Brett Burns. No surprise there, in my opinion. Agree. Yeah, a, a solid choice. I, I think part of it, uh, there are certainly players in the league that don't like Sid, so I'm sure that factors in as well. Uh, but Connor McDavid had an outstanding season and deserved it. And the Frank Selke Award, the defensive forward, uh, Patrice Bergeron ties Bob Ganey for the uh, fourth win. It was kind of neat to see Ganey present him. Uh, I think it was a solid pick. Ryan Kessler also had a high profile there, and Miko Koivu as well. But Bergeron, to me, was an easy winner here. Yeah, absolutely. The the right choice. And then the Norris Trophy. This one caused a bit of a, uh, of a stir, I think. But you look at what happened in the whole regular season. Brett Burns was the leading scorer. And typically, that's a guy that goes a long way in de- determining the winner. Eric Carlson, of course, had the fabulous playoff. Victor Hedman had his best season. But in the end, I think they got this right. When you look at the body of work over an entire season, certainly Burns faded a little bit down the stretch when Carlson closed the gap. But he did produce much more, and uh, that's why I think he won. I disagree with this one. I, I think it should have gone to Eric Carlson. Uh, you know, I think uh, they say that the it's a regular season award and the postseason doesn't factor into it, but I think it has to if you're going to talk about the best defenseman for the year. Uh, and that's why I think Eric Carlson probably should have been the winner here. Yeah, but uh, to stress, they do the voting before the end, uh, before the playoffs start in that award. So it, True. it colors. It, it, looking back, you know, he, he certainly took a hit because in the playoffs he did show extremely well. But uh, I'm quite happy. My guy, I'll say my guy because he was instrumental in me winning the uh, esteemed Rotowire hockey pool for a second straight year. And I'm quite partial to him as well. A real neat personality. Then one of the highlights for me on the night, the Calder Trophy. This turned out to be a landslide win for Austin Matthews. Were you a little bit surprised by the margin of victory here over Patrick Laine? No, I really wasn't. I I think everything he did uh, leading his team, as you've pointed out uh, throughout the season, he doesn't have quite the experienced talent around him uh, like Patrick Laine does. And uh, so, yeah, I think Austin Matthews deserved it and and was the right pick. Then uh, GM of the year, Pete Chiarelli of the Oilers, Peter Dorian of the Sens, and David Poyle of the Preds. The Predators, the GM, won it. David Poyle's been there since day one, and I'm really glad to see him finally get some accolades on a team that he's built from the scratch. And uh, they've been, uh, they shed the... uh, 
cloak of being a rather boring type team and and really they've got a wild fan base a great situation that he's helped to nurture so i think he's finally been rewarded for a job well done over a long period of time agreed they they've put together a great team uh, obviously lost a big piece last night of of that team but he's done a fantastic job and i i think they're going to be good for quite a while AJ the next one kind of bummed me out a little bit the coach of the year Mike Babcock I thought should have won over Todd McClellan and John Tortorella Tortorella though gets the nod I guess uh, taking the Columbus Blue Jackets and making them one of the top point producing teams in the league they, they had a bad year the year before but it was the same cast of characters give them credit for reviving it but I think a lot of pieces were in place here for a successful year Babcock instead took a team that was 30th and put them up in the top half of the standings in one year yeah and he mentored all those young players i mean that's not an easy thing to do to get uh you know six rookies uh you know up at the top of the the the, the league and and they had several more that played uh so i agree with you i think mike Babcock should have been the winner the masterton award goes to somebody who displays perseverance and dedication boy craig anderson should have been a landslide winner here and i guess he was over andrew cogliano who's an iron man and Derek Ryan, who uh, finally made the grade as a regular player uh, at an advanced age. Anderson, a solid pick and a really a crowd favorite choice. Yeah, they couldn't have done better with this award. Uh, the Jennings Award, these were some of the automatics then. Uh, Braden Holtby gets the goals, best goals against average. The Richard Trophy goes to some guy named Crosby. Art Ross goes to McDavid. Lady Bing is where we'll pick it up again, and that's Johnny Gaudreau getting his first award as a pro. Michael Grant, Mikhail Grandlund, and Vladimir Tarasenko. This was a close race, and, and uh, I think they got it right at the end of the day. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I think uh, Tarasenko would have been a good choice as well, um, but I do agree. I think Johnny Gaudreau was, was the best one. And then the top goalie, Sergei Bobrovsky, wins his second uh, Vezina of his career. Uh, tough uh, field here. Braden Holpe and Carey Price in the mix. Uh, Price, probably f- third choice for me. Uh, this was really a coin flip between Bobrovsky and Holpe. Yeah, and, and part of me wonders if because it was so close between the two of them, if, if they didn't give it to Bobrovsky, mostly because Holpe's already won it yeah. uh, in the past. And so I, I do like to see uh, guys get honored, especially for the first time. And so but Bob was the, the guy for me. And then the Hart Trophy, the team MVP. This one was Bobrovsky, Crosby, and McDavid. McDavid wins it on the, largely on the strength of having the strong regular season. Again, the, I stress these awards are handed out in the regular season. You, you certainly can't quarrel with the year that, that Sid the Kid had, though uh, uh, this one might have stung for you a little bit, but I think they got it right again. No, I agree. I think it was the, the right choice. Uh, McDavid doesn't have quite the cast of characters around him that Crosby does. Uh, you know, Crosby's got Melkin uh, to lean on when he needs him. And so I, I think McDavid was the right choice here. And then the prestigious EA Sports NHL 2018 cover was a big reveal. Connor McDavid gets the nod here and uh, capping a superb year for the NHL's uh, super sophomore. Uh, I wonder what the guy's kid's ceiling here is. It's going to be interesting to see what he does over the next few years. The trajectory is certainly solidly upward for him and the Edmonton Oilers. Maybe some glory days are ahead for for a team in Western Canada. It could be cool to see the Leafs and the Oilers play in the finals. That would be fun for us north of the border here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's something I'll be pulling for next season, AJ. And speaking of what's up next for us, I guess the NHL draft is on tap for Friday night in Chicago. Between now and then, though, we're going to see a lot more trade rumors and stories. So I think you and I should be prepared to do another show next Tuesday, the 27th of June. Before we sign off, have you got any parting shots? Yeah, I, I just would say uh, maybe maybe a mini rant of the week uh, for us here. Uh, I wouldn't want to be one of the goalies highlighted in that EA Sports video, uh, or honestly, the defenseman either. It was just a, a goal fest of of dangles uh, through the leg shots. It's like the netminders don't even know what they're doing in that game. I think they need to give a little bit more love to some of the goalies, uh, and you know, not uh, not just show the the highlights. Maybe a good save or two in there. Uh, if you, it looks like if you play EA Sports, you might as well just leave the goalie on the bench and just go with six guys because they're not going to save it in that game anyway. Well, you know what they say in baseball, chicks dig the long ball. Maybe in hockey, they <laughs> dig the dangle. So maybe that's why they highlighted that. And uh, so <laughs> it's just a bit of a, 
uh, a fun way to wrap it up for this week, but we are happy to be back in the saddle, AJ. You and I will uh, line this up for another show on Tuesday. We'll be back with the second of our off-season programs, and you can bet that there can be more in the offing because soon after that, there's a free agent frenzy in early July. So uh, don't worry, you won't be missing us for very long. Uh, that wraps it up for this week's podcast with Statsman and AJ. Remember to send your comments and questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. You can follow AJ at AJ Scholes24. We ask you to look out for podcast hockey pod. Uh, periodically through the off season so that you get all the latest news and our tips to stay ahead of the competition and get ready for next season's fantasy contest. So long, everybody.